This is In Boot Camp, episode 20, React on Saturday, June 1st, 2019, with your host Matthew Petchel and Ryan Rambersad. You can find the show notes for this episode at thenexus.tv slash IB20. Hey. Hey there, big week? Huge week. Man, that was a lot of rain we got last night. Yes, a lot of rain. Very, very nice week, though. Yes, uh, it is just one of the beautiful weeks to live here in Minnesota. Uh, any day now, the mosquitoes will come out, and it'll be summer, and continuously over 95. I mean 85. I mean 95% humidity. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but summer's here, so how was class? Well, after this long break, it, uh, it's pretty nice. I only went to class one day this week. Yes, last episode we talked about how one holiday can ruin a class for basically an entire week. It is achievement and a testament to our ability to actually pay attention to the things that we want to know. But I got more meat out of it, and it was a delicious time. We did do a few things, um, mostly all in, you know, Saturdays are a long class. We have the four hours instead of the three. Um, and so we started playing with React and started playing with some other stuff, and it was just kind of fun to be in the room that we were in the first day of class when everything was together. So on Saturdays, the... What, Monday, Wednesday people are with the Tuesday, Thursday people, and first time we were in this room together, nobody could move around. There was just a, a person in every seat, everyone had their laptop bags and everything else in the aisles. Getting around was impossible, charging your device was very much so impossible. Today, there was only like 20 people in the room out of a possible 65. That's not a good turnout, I'll tell you that. Oh, we were only learning a new concept like React. People pick it up just like that. I mean, React is one of the easier things to learn, except it's not a good turnout. Yeah, but it's getting late in the year, and, you know, attendance always drops. Um, Yes. So you went to the U and stuff. I can only imagine that a lot of your classes were really busy at the beginning and then less busy. That is certainly true. It is a little bit different at the U, where there are classes that you can just not go to anymore. This, um, you must have, you can only miss four times, otherwise you're kicked out, which a lot of people have already exceeded. Yeah, and I bet they don't actually do that. Yeah. So, uh, beginning React. So you actually learned a little bit about React before you started your bootcamp. You were watching videos uh, quite a bit, and uh, that that might have helped you kind of frame it a little bit better. So now that you've been introduced to it formally in class, like, how do you feel about it? Um, much more solid. Um, so. I was confused by every single aspect of it because, well, you know how it's very classy based and I'll, like import this from there and yep. everything else. And yes, I've done Java. I kind of get that. But it was just, it was a, I've never seen layouts like this because you have a components folder, you have this kind of folder and I've never seen structures because back in Reinhardt's Java thing and the other little Java class I had, everything was in one directory. We didn't have these kind of things. We didn't have, um, I mean, when you make it, it has a node module folder. It has all your package, JSON. It has all your stuff. And it's overwhelming. Like, do you know how many modules uh, Create React app throws in there? A lot. Yeah, it's just hundreds. Um, Well, that's why it takes, you know, 45 seconds to init. Yes, if you're using NPM, don't do that. Oh. You're still an advocate of Yarn, then? Yes, I use Yarn because it's basically instantaneous. So you're telling me the people who made Yarn know how to make it run really nicely with their Create React app? Yeah. Oh, Facebook fan. Hmm. Yep, I guess so. 
Uh, so learning learning React is an interesting thing because it's one of those um, easy to learn, hard to master kind of technologies. So you 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 mentioned learning it before, and now that you're learning it in class, like what did you cover in this first you know four hours? Well, um, so f- one of the first things we did was you know use Create React app, and then they Which told us not to install it globally and to use npx to install it, and so it would just be that. See, I find that very odd. It would have been easier just to install it globally. Um, so on my machine, want to install something globally, just, you know, sudo install or sudo npm install, blah, blah, blah. Because um, you need root to make it accessible to everyone. I ran npx and nothing happened. It said it couldn't find that. And I'm like, huh, well, maybe I don't have it installed. Um, installed it, still couldn't have access to it. Um, turns out that Using MPX on my machine and my machine only, you had to be an ev- elevated user to do it. And once you did that, so I like I made you know sudo create react MPX create react app uh, cool app. Uh, well, made a cool app only accessible to root user, and so I had to change user groups and do everything else. Um, which goes back to what you always said that I would have hours and hours of agony if I didn't just buy a Mac. Yeah. Hours and hours and of agony. So, did you install Node and NPM and, and, and Friends? Did you install that app in the repository or did you install it manually? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm manually. I'm, I'm using Node 12. Okay. I'm, I'm, so, I'm you installed manually? Manually, yes. And what does manually actually mean in this situation? I followed the blog post and all the instructions and downloaded their little thing and ran the binary thing in it push the thing in some directory somewhere. Uh, so what I always recommend, even for people on Linux, is to use Brew for Linux because it solves basically all of these problems. You should really never have to run Node or any 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 kind of user land package as root or even elevated as sudo. Uh, and actually, that's kind of important for, for Node and friends because, you know, even though you're pulling it from probably a trusted source, it's also kind of not that trusted. Like, you shouldn't be running code you randomly download from the internet as root. Oh. Probably not a good idea, even if it is from Facebook. I mean, especially if it's from Facebook. NPM checks all these things. There's never been a malicious any package on Node, right? There's never been once ever. Yeah, exactly. Many times, actually. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. I'm glad you figured out your NPX issue. So why did your instructor want you to use NPX? Why not just install globally? He said that uh, when Webpack starts making all your things and you have different versions of Babel and everything else, you're going to have a headache. So just NPX every time. So that I, I don't know if I been... believe. I, I don't even know what that means, but that is what he said. So so in the old days, there would be... So you understand the idea of dependencies in Node packages right yeah that's what your package json is mm-hmm. so if something is in the package json and then somebody else comes to your project and installs with npm install your dependency list presumably when they run start next it should just run because all of the dependencies listed are what are, are what are needed to run does that make sense yeah well so in the old days before everybody understood this principle of put everything in the dependency list that this thing needs to run, people would often have implicit dependencies. For example, uh, you, you've you heard me talk about SAS for the last 10 years. A little preprocessor thing, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, so in the old days, people would always say, you don't have to install SAS as a dependency. It wasn't recommended. It wasn't a thing. You would install SAS as a global. And then in the instructions for your project, you would have to say, this project uses SAS. Please install this as a global module first, which hmm. is fine, although it's not automated, but it's annoying. And then the other problem is, if you have all these global packages, it's very possible that you might work on two things at once. This is very, very, it happens a lot. Well, what if you need to work on something that's old and something that's new? Well, now you have two incompatible versions, and it's very difficult to switch these things in and out. So, it does make sense to not install dependencies as global modules, but it doesn't make sense to avoid doing it for tools. Tools are pretty timeless. You don't really need to worry about the tools. I missed kind of the first exercise trying to figure this all out, why I couldn't just do that. Uh, hours and it, hours of agony. Yeah, but that, yeah. that wasn't the first time that kind of stuff has happened. No, it won't be the last. Yeah, no, it won't. And so after we did that, then we started relearning how to use CSS and HTML and everything else again. In React uh, flavor. But in React flavor. Um, apparently, you can't just, you know, you know how you, you've used CSS before, haven't you? I have. And so you know, you'd always do class equals blah, 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 blah. Turns yes. out in JavaScript, uh, class is reserved. Class is a reserved keyword. And so everything's class name. And, um, and then like some like uh, border height, like it, 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 there's a the hyphen's gone. It's just like camel case and stuff. Yes. Um, and like if, so if you want to say something's 20 pixels, um, you just do 20. But let's say you wanted to like two rem it, you have to pass it as a string like. Um, and so there's this little little things you have to start watching out for. Um, so because, yeah, yeah, I've, I've played with CSS and stuff, but I've never had to like, you know, I want to define this as 1.5 rem, do that in quotes, or just, I guess, I guess most people just do everything in pixels. Um, that's what he told us, at least. Nobody uses pixels anymore. But, but that's what it's the default is. For, for modern design purposes, you almost always certainly use rem, unless you're dealing with image sizes, because those are fixed in pixels anyway. Before the show we talked, I did mention that he said that Redux was dead, and you seemed a little peeved by that. Because he was saying, like, oh yeah, two years ago, everyone was like, Redux is so awesome, and then now it's just nobody uses it, and it's dead. Yeah, uh, it's it's um it's a trend in the, it's a, it's a hipster thing to say. It's what the hipsters say, right? So you, you, you've heard about, and probably read about, and watched a video about React Context? Yeah, the Context API thing, yeah. Yep. So there was an old context and there's a new context. The new context is good. It uses um, some some better patterns uh, like render render props to pass state down from a kind of a global like position down to children sort of dynamically. It's pretty cool. It's even better with React hooks. Uh, makes accessibility for multi layers, multiple layers of uh, contexts much easier and simpler. A lot of people think that Redux, uh, in its position and purpose, can be uh, omitted by simply just using context uh, in React projects. And to some extent, that is totally possible and true. However, there's a lot of capabilities that Redux offers that context does simply not support out of the box. Uh, some of those things might be 
an obvious pattern for composability in state management. Another might be middleware. Uh, there are countless middlewares that are incredibly useful that you simply don't get to have with context. And I would say, for me, one of the most beautiful pieces of code we've ever worked on and written uh, in my time of coding, we were able to make basically an entire native app run without its UI mounted in, in the native app part only by exercising the Redux code. Every single screen you could simulate running as if it were rendered by just running the Redux code. So you can imagine how hard it is to script like a macro to you know run a f- virtual finger down every screen and hit a bunch of buttons, hit submit, and do, do all these choreographed steps. But what, what is it like just to code a bunch of functions calling each other? That's what Redux allows you to do when you decouple UI from data management, state management. So that's that's why I don't think Redux is dead. Uh, it's not. Oh, one other fun fact I learned today. Uh, I guess Jest is also a Facebook product. It is. I oh. use Jest for those tests. So your Yarn, your Create React, and your Jest, and all your other things. It's all Facebooky. Yes, it it, it is all Facebooky, and that is that is a that is a cause for concern. And and don't let anybody tell you that Facebook is great because of react it is certainly not uh i would hope that if facebook ever um went away that the react team would survive in some way at some other um wealthy enough company to uh pay them the money that they deserve to work on this amazing thing it is it is a moral dilemma isn't it yeah hey i got a react question for you real quick i love react is react native a facebook product you bet it is now, the real question is, what is the license of React Native? Yeah, that's the real question. I know it was something other than MIT until recently. React itself had a Facebook proprietary license. It was an f- open source, of course, and you could do whatever you wanted, except unless you had a lawsuit with Facebook, and then allegedly they could stop you from using React in your products. Now, React Native, React Native was supposed to also change over to MIT-based licensing, Although I don't know for sure if it has done so at this time. And that that's kind of the joke at that point, right? So it does seem that it has shifted over to MIT licensing, which is wonderful because I would not recommend it otherwise. But I do recommend it, so that's good. I'm glad. Glad that I could safely do that. And they have a GitHub and stuff. They sure do. Um, but either way, so in the opening PowerPoint spiel about uh, how awesome React is and stuff, he mentioned that there was this thing called React Native, and mm-hmm. I, I mean, I have Expo on my phone. I've played a little bit with React Native, like just like uh, it's kind of fun when you do your little hello world thing and you have yeah. something on your phone, and it's it was just it was fun for me. Um, I didn't do anything with it, but I, it's I just literally know it was there. It's literally fun for everyone. Like Expo and React Native is amazing. Yeah. So so he was saying like, oh, it's got all these problems and it's no good, but maybe someday it'll get better. So all of that is true. It certainly does have its fair share of issues, bugs, problems, deficiencies. Because you've used it, though, for a production app. Extensively. We, we've coded um, a pretty substantial amount of product in React Native Code, and I've helped other teams even jumpstart and work on existing code in React Native. It certainly has its fair share of problems. It's not perfect. But what is the alternative? So do you make a web app and then just tell everybody to use the mobile version of your web app sure yeah okay what if you need to have full offline capabilities though 
Well, how many web apps do you know that work completely and very well offline? I bet you're going to say not many. Not many. Yeah, and so like that's that sounds like a good option. A PWA, progressive web app. Good in theory, but not good in practice. So React Native can do that really easily, and it just works just fine. What about other situations where you need a little bit more performance? Well, what are you going to do? Are you going to have your team of two people figure out how to learn uh, Android development with Java or even worse, Kotlin? And then also have the other guy learn Objective-C or even worse, Swift? Coding apps is really hard, and so it makes sense to use React Native in the situation where what you're making isn't performance critical and is not, I don't know, it's not its not system proprietary. Okay, if you're making just a uh, bookkeeping app of some sort, so you're just entering data in and out, easy, no problem. You can do it with React Native. And so one of the reasons why I knew you'd have something to say about this was uh, a year and three days ago, you were at JavaScript Minnesota talking about your lessons learned with React Native, and it is on YouTube. And if you look in the fringe notes, you can view this video. Yes, uh, I, um, I I really enjoyed giving that talk at JavaScript Minnesota. That was that was last year, huh? Was uh, May 30th, time. and today is the first. So Hey! So literally a year ago. Yeah. So if you have 12 um, minutes to spare, and if you listen to this podcast, you definitely have time to kill. So please, please give this video a watch. You you do. Actually, just just stop listening to this episode and just go watch the video. It's way better. Uh, but a lot of what I talked about in that video is is still true even today. Like There are many aspects of React Native development that are not perfect. Style management is very confusing. It is not simple. Um, state management is amazing. Uh, testing can be really great if you structure your application the correct way. Um, Expo is actually really good now. I mean, it's made a pretty significant improvement, you know, year over year at this point. Um, like what, what an amazing ecosystem. Just, uh, simply great. Yeah. So stick with React then is the conclusion. Don't go learn Vue or anything else. So, so what I would say uh, on the on the React Native topic is React Native is going is getting a fairly comprehensive internal rewrite. Uh, there's a code name for it, but I don't remember what it is. I think what that means is it's going to be better after. I hope that's what it means. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, if it's that. not, that's not good. Uh, as far as sticking with React, yeah, stick with React in the sense that use it for what it's good at, which is pretty much everything. But when the time comes that it is not as good as something else, don't be afraid to try something else and use it. Uh, Knowing Vue helped me know React really well because even though things may have different names and have different patterns, everything is kind of really the same for, for various levels of similarity. And you know, a component in Vue and a component in React, they're pretty much the same. They do they do different internal functions, but they are pretty much the same for the goal. Uh, so don't don't be afraid to learn other things also. And then compare what you've learned to what you know. So as my journey through React continues over the next three Week. or four... Yeah, I mean, we only get... I think we only get four days on React. Yeah, it's not a lot. Well, class is just about over... A little over halfway done with the course now. It's week 20. This is week 20. 
So this is our pretty much our final unit before our final group project. Uh, we have a little bit of computer science thing we're going to talk about, and then we do a little bit of Java. But I mean, I guess it's like a micro amount of Java. Micro Java. Micro Java. Why now? That's the that is the proper amount of Java to be honest. But uh, that's all we got for this show. Where can we find you on the internet? Well, you can find me just about everywhere, but especially on Twitter at Ryanamart, and of course on my website RyanRamperset.com, which I am rebuilding with styled components for React. Nice. What a great segue. Incidentally. Mm-hmm. Where can we find you on the internet? And you can find me at MatthewPetrol.com. You can also find me on the People's tab of the Nexus.tv slash people. That is wonderful. Uh, you can also find us on Reddit.com and, and leave us a comment and, you know, chat with us in the uh, comment section. That's kind of fun. And you can find that at Reddit.com slash r slash the Nexus TV. And you can support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash the Nexus TV. Have a good one. Have a good one. The Nexus. The Nexus. The Nexus TV. Podcasts from, from the, the Technological, technological Convergence. Convergence.